slides it out for Ekblad. Back to Hoffman, blocked by Polak and Price. Another spectacular stop. Broussard tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Marcel with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. All right, everybody, welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, Monday edition. Hope everybody had a happy Mother's Day and a great weekend. Good weekend for the Islanders. They get off the uh, schneid, get back to playing a little bit more Islanders hockey and beat the New Jersey Devils Saturday in what will be the last regular season game at the Coliseum. We'll break that all down. We'll talk a little bit about the legacy of the Nassau Coliseum and We'll have our Islanders' birthday of the day and preview tonight's season finale, regular season finale, against the Boston Bruins. We'll also start to look ahead to playoff matchups for the New York Islanders. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. So... For the Islanders, a, a pretty good weekend and we're going to start there, they end up beating the New Jersey Devils by a score of 5-1. to one. The game was, uh, you know, a little closer maybe than the score, but overall the Islanders were clearly the better team, and for the first time in a long time, they played Islanders hockey. So, before we break that down, of course, if there's anything Islanders related on your mind, uh, you have a question, a comment, a topic you'd like us to discuss Feel free to send us an email. The email address, LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. If you leave your name and where you're from, we're happy to mention you on the show when we talk about whatever it is that's on your mind. You could also follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnIsles, and you could follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at IceWars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I. We'll keep you up to date on all the latest Islanders news, notes, and happenings, and I am live tweeting during nearly every Islanders game, so please, uh, if you want instant insight and analysis, follow me on Twitter, and I'm also happy to interact with fans throughout the game. So, the 5-1 to one win, a lot of positive signs. Uh, first of all, a lot of players who had been struggling lately, getting off the proverbial schneid. Uh, Jordan Eberle with a goal, that was big. Brock Nelson scored twice. Brock had had, what, one goal in his last 12 or 13 games. Kyle Palmieri, who only had one goal as an Islander coming into this contest, he scored a goal. Matt Barzal got off, uh, you know, his slump, put that further in his rearview mirror with a goal. And overall, while the... B&B line, the Brock Nelson, Josh Bailey, and Anthony Bevilier line was clearly the best of the four out there. The Islanders really were able to play Islanders hockey, and that, to me, was the best part of it. You had the top line with Uncle Leo back there, 
getting the job done, creating scoring chances. The power play even stepped up and scored. And, and maybe most importantly for the Islanders, they were back to bottling up the opposition, not allowing them to have uh, unencumbered rushes through center ice, keeping them out on the perimeter when they got into the Islanders zone. And obviously Ilya Sorokin came through with a, a very good performance as well. But for almost all of this game, the Islanders were clearly the better team. And it really showed in the number of shots on goal. It really showed in just the tempo, the fact that the Islanders even got uh, some power play chances in this one. And this is the kind of hockey. Now, look, they still need to improve in some areas. But this is the kind of hockey that if the Islanders are going to go on a nice, lengthy playoff run, they need to play like this. Josh Bailey was making good passes throughout the game. Anthony Bevilier using his speed to create chances. Good defense and back-checking by Uncle Leo, who also uh, made some good passes and set up, uh, you know, had some assists in this game, and that's always a positive. Kyle Palmieri with a beautiful goal set up by a nice pass by Oliver Wallstrom. The defense getting the job done, not turning the puck over. Uh, overall, the, you know, the forwards were back-checking. This was Islanders hockey. And it's one thing to get that done at home against the New Jersey Devils, a team that has been struggling for most of the season. But they need to continue to play this way when they go up against the Pittsburghs, the Washingtons, and the Bostons, and those are the three, you know, they're going to face two of those three teams in the first two rounds of the playoffs, assuming that they win the opening round. So, you know, lots to look forward to, but when you compare the way the Islanders played in the first game against the Devils, and the last two games against the Buffalo Sabres, and really for most of the games not played against the Rangers since the trade deadline, Saturday's win over the New Jersey Devils was a very good sign overall. It was basically the kind of hockey this team needs to play. You had, you know, three of the four lines contributing offensively. Your top six forwards were, were playing very, very well. Okay, Cal Clutterbuck was sitting out, but even Travis Zajac, who has struggled, played a pretty good hockey game in the 14:35 that he was on the ice, and Zajac filled in well for Clutterbuck on that uh, identity line, the fourth line. So no, you know Zajac wasn't uh, amazing offensively, but he belonged on that fourth line and played well in that role. And that certainly helps. You had two assists for Wallstrom, two goals for Nelson, two assists for Uncle Leo. You had Nick Letty and Adam Pellick each picking up an assist. And the duo of Pulak and Pellick, the top defense pairing, they were both a plus three. Overall, a well-rounded performance by a team that needed this kind of a win. They didn't just need to win. They needed to win and look good doing it to get some of their confidence back heading in 
to the playoffs. Uh, and that's the most important thing. Because now, even though Barry Trotz can still say, hey, we need to work on this, we need to improve this area, he could also say, look, guys, this is the kind of hockey you need to play, and this is what we're capable of doing, and if you go out and do this, we're going to win the majority of our games. And in the playoffs, that's what you need to do. If, if they're going to play seven games, you need to win more than half, four. That, that's the bottom line. You go four and three in every series four times, you can win the Stanley Cup. So this Islanders team showing signs of life, not <laughs> none too soon, and we're very happy with the overall performance. All right, this was also the last regular season game at the Nassau Coliseum. When we come back, we'll talk about the Coliseum, its legacy, and some of the history of this old barn. All that and more still to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Wealthfront. Investing can be complicated, but whether you're a beginner or you've been investing for years, Wealthfront makes it easy. They have the right tools for every portfolio. Wealthfront can help you create a portfolio of globally diversified, low-cost index funds personalized just for you in a matter of minutes. There are no manual trades, no picking stocks, no watching the stock market every day. They automatically handle all the investing based on the preferences that you control. Wealthfront is trusted with over $20 billion worth of assets, and you can get your first $5,000 managed for free by going to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNHL. All you need is $500 to get started, grow your wealth the easy way, and let Wealthfront do the work for you. To get your first $5,000 managed for free for life, go to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNHL. That's W-E-A-L-T-H-F-R-O-N-T dot com slash LockedOnNHL to start your savings. Go to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNHL and get started today. So, Saturday's win was the last regular season game scheduled for the Islanders at the Nassau Veterans Memorial Coliseum. And, you know, interesting few bits of notes. The Islanders played 1,738 regular season home games since their very first, which was back on October 7th, 1972. Their record in those games... 877 wins, 629 losses, 169 ties or overtime losses, and 63 shootout losses. So overall, the Islanders have been quite successful at home. To me, and there have been so many magic moments at the Coliseum that I could think of off the top of my head. Obviously, Al Arbor's 1500th win is a big one. The last game at the Coliseum before the Islanders moved to Brooklyn, which was a Game 6 playoff win against the Washington Capitals. Now, they ended up losing Game 7 in Washington, but that was a magic moment, and the intensity of the fans. The 2002 playoff series against Toronto, which the home team won all seven games. The electricity in the building for those moments was off the charts unbelievable. Uh, Ken Morrow's overtime game winner in 1984 against the New York Rangers in Game 5. Clearly a magic moment. John Tonelli in 1982 getting a 
two late goals in the opening round of the playoffs against the Pittsburgh Penguins to put the Islanders uh, into overtime and, and then to win, uh, saving the dynasty, where in the opening round of the playoffs that year, it looked as though the dynasty might just end uh, and the fourth place Penguins could have upset the Islanders. Uh, so many magic moments over the years. And I think the, the best thing about the Islanders play at the Coliseum is just the atmosphere there. The roof was low, the fans boisterous and enthusiastic. And whenever there was a Islander game where they were hosting the Rangers or the Flyers or the Devils or, you know, one of the Penguins, some of the big division rivalries, but especially against the Rangers, there was nothing like the atmosphere at the Nassau Coliseum. In uh, my book, Ice Wars, I interviewed Glenn Healy, and Heels played for both the Islanders and the Rangers. And he said the very first time after he joined the Islanders that they were playing the Rangers, he was in the locker room waiting to come out for the pregame skate, uh, you know, for warm-ups before the game. And he felt the building shaking, and he asked his teammates, what, what was that? Oh, you know, <laughs> the Rangers are here. That That's the way the crowd is during those games, the tailgating outside, the camaraderie of Islander fans inside that building, just amazing memories, and, and obviously they are to be cherished. To me, the greatest game in Islanders history, the greatest moment at the Nassau Coliseum over the years, and again, you're going back to 1972, so that's almost 50 years of memories, obviously a few seasons in Brooklyn in between, uh, and, and a year split between Brooklyn and the Coliseum, but almost, let's say, between 45 and 50 years of great memories. But to me, you got to go back to 1980, when Bobby Nystrom scored the overtime goal in Game 6 of the Stanley Cup Final against the Philadelphia Flyers, to win the Islanders' very first Stanley Cup. To me, that moment, more than anything else, will stand as the greatest moment in Nassau Coliseum history. And there's nothing like the first time when you win a championship. By the time the four-year dynasty was over, it, you know, maybe fans sort of started to expect that the Islanders would uh, win another championship. But that one win, the very first time that the Islanders pulled it off, May 24th, 1980, you didn't want to have to go back to the Spectrum in Philadelphia for a seventh game. And it's seven minutes and 11 seconds of overtime. After the Islanders had blown what was essentially a 4-2 to two lead after two periods. Bob Nystrom takes the pass from Lorne Henning and ends up scoring that magic goal off of Pete Peters, and the Coliseum erupted like it never had before. For those of you who may be wondering, the first regular season game at the Coliseum was also the first game in Islanders history, October 7th. 1972 against the then Atlanta Flames, who were the other expansion team 
joining the NHL uh, that year. And the Flames ended up winning the game by a score of 3-2. to two. The very first regular season goal scored at the Nassau Coliseum. A shorthanded goal by Morris Stefanov of the Flames at 12.48 of the first period. The very first Islanders goal, a power play goal scored with 31 seconds left in the second period of that game by the captain, Ed Westfall, and Eddie Westfall was just at an Islanders game about a week ago, a guest of uh, Mr. Ledecky, and that was uh, great to see. So Eddie Westfall had the very first goal during the regular season. Now, there was an exhibition game played between the Islanders and the Rangers. That was the very first ever game at the Nassau Coliseum. It was September 27th. 1972, and Jerry Hart, when I uh, spoke to him for the book, he he remembered, we stepped on the ice, and we were like the visiting team. The place was packed, but they were there to see the Rangers. We were astounded. 95% of the fans were there to see the Rangers. That certainly has changed over the years. The very first goal in that Preseason game scored by an obscure fourth-line Rangers winger named Glenn Sather. The very first Islander goal, first-round draft choice Billy Harris, who had the very first, uh, who was the very first player ever drafted by the Islanders. When we come back, we will have our Islanders' birthday of the day and preview tonight's season finale against the Boston Bruins. All that and more still to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by your friends at Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. They have 18 amazing flavors, both with nuts and nut free, and all of them are covered in 100% chocolate. They are soft and easy to chew, and all these flavors are great for the keto diet because they are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high fiber. And just listen to some of these flavors. They have, no matter what you like, they have a flavor for everybody. Caramel brownie, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, salted caramel, banana bread, German chocolate, raspberry, toffee almond, coconut. You can't go wrong with any of these flavors, and you are sure to find one that you love. My favorite, the cookies and cream flavor, 17 grams of protein in every bar, just 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, and 4 grams of net carbs. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCK15. You'll get 15% off your next order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Today's episode is also brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. The baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at BetOnline. And you can also track the last two legs of the Triple Crown as the Preakness and the Belmont are coming up shortly, and you can get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including Major League Baseball, the NBA, NHL, and all your UFC and MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get in on the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. 
Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code Locked On. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Time now for our Islanders' birthday of the day. Happy 30th birthday to former Islanders defenseman and first-round draft choice Calvin Dahan. Dahan turned 30 on Sunday. Uh, hard to believe he was the Islanders' first pick, 12th overall back in 2009, and I remember interviewing him at his very first rookie camp. Joined the Islanders for a game in 2011-2012 before becoming a full-time Islander in 2013-2014 and remained with the team through the end of the 2017-2018 season. Spent one year in Carolina and has now spent the last two years with the Chicago Blackhawks. Dahan, more of a reliable defensive defenseman, but we're going to go back and look at one of his better games with the Islanders. We take you back to January 7th, 2014 at the Air Canada Centre in Toronto. Islanders and Maple Leafs. Kevin Poulin in goal for the Isles against Jonathan Bernier of Toronto. And it was the Maple Leafs striking first. Tyler Bozak making it 1-0 Toronto. 5.05 into the game, but in the final minute of the opening period, Kyle Oposo tied it for the Islanders, John Tavares and Travis Hamanick with the assists. Then, in the second period, Michael Grabner, an unassisted goal, made it 2-1 Islanders before Mason Raymond cashed in a power play opportunity with Hamanick in the box, Jake Gardner and Nazem Kadri with the assist, 2-2 after 2 in this game. The Islanders then continued to break away in the third period with Joffrey Lupel in the box. Franz Nielsen gets a power play goal. Thomas Vanek and John Tavares with the helpers at 341, and the Islanders had a 3-2 lead. Calvin Dahan then scores his first career NHL goal. Travis Hamanick and John Tavares with the assist at 601. Joffrey Lupel gets the Leafs close with a little bit more than three minutes left in the game, but then Cal Clutterbuck gets an empty netter to end the game. Islanders go on to a 5-3 win, the first ever career NHL goal for Calvin DeHaan. It was the game winner. He played a steady 23 minutes and 20 seconds for the Islanders in this one, and Kevin Poulin ended up making 23 saves to earn the win. Islanders win it 5-3, we wish a very happy birthday and many, many happy more to former Islanders' number one pick and defenseman, Calvin DeHaan. So, the Islanders close out the season tonight, the regular season at least, in Boston against the Bruins. This is a makeup game for uh, a contest that the Bruins uh, had to cancel because of COVID. It does mean something for the Islanders. If the Islanders manage to win this game in regulation and then Boston loses their season finale against the Washington Capitals, the Islanders can pass the Bruins and finish in third place. The fourth place finisher will open the playoffs against the Pittsburgh Penguins. The third place finisher will open the playoffs against the Washington Capitals. So that still needs to be decided 
and the Islanders can, if they win in regulation, keep their chances alive. But even more important than the opening round matchup, what coming in third does is keeps open the possibility that the Islanders could be hosting or have home ice advantage in the second round of the playoffs if the fourth place team upsets the Penguins. Now, the Penguins have clinched first place. That is settled. But if the Islanders finish third and then Boston upsets Pittsburgh, the Islanders could have home ice advantage in the second round of the playoffs. And certainly, considering how well the Islanders did at the Coliseum this year, that is something that this team would love to be able to do. This year, uh, you know, they have played very well at the Nassau Coliseum, and that is something you want to do if you can. Let's look at the Bruins line combinations as of their last game. The top line, always dangerous. Patrice Bergeron centering Brad Marchand and David Pasternak. The second line, also more dangerous since the trade deadline when they added Taylor Hall. He and Craig Smith flanked David Krejci on the second line. Sean uh, Curley is the third-line center with Nick Ritchie and Jake DeBrusque on either side of him. And then Curtis Lazar is the fourth-line pivot. Trent Frederick and Carson Kuhlman are his wingers. On defense, Matt Greslick is one of the top pairing with Charlie McAvoy, his partner. The second group, Mike Riley and Brandon Carlo. And then Jeremy Lousen and Connor Clifton are the third unit. In goal, you have Jeremy Swayman or Tuka Rask as of right now. Now, injuries are a factor. Andre Cassé, who's been on the injured reserve, may be ready to come back and play uh, tonight against the Islanders, so keep an eye open for that. John Moore also on injured reserve, and Charlie Coyle is day-to-day. So, again, we'll see whether the Bruins try to bring any of those injured players back or feel more comfortable resting them uh, and getting them ready for the start of the playoffs. As far as uh, special teams go, first of all, like the Islanders, the Bruins are one of the better defensive teams in the league. They are fourth overall in the league in goals against, whereas the Islanders are second. But both special teams units for the Bruins, very strong. The power play is 10th in the league. The penalty kill is second. So it'll be a challenge for the Islanders to score on the power play against this loaded Bruins team. Hopefully they'll be able to do it, give themselves a chance for that third place finish, but we have to see and and we will be back tomorrow to analyze that game and start looking ahead to the playoff matchup as soon as we know who it's going to be. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. That does it for us today on the Locked On Islanders podcast. We'll be back tomorrow. Have a great day, everybody. Stay safe. And of course, let's go Islanders.